Good day, martyrs. Um, today we're going to do a quick little session on um, Psalms 34. The reason why I bring into this is because um, a lot of people praise the Lord, but they don't fear the Lord. And when you don't fear the Lord, you don't exactly understand um, what's going on, you know, with like what God can do. So I'm going to, Psalms 34 basically structures out a three um, paragraph type, um, or a three topic type paragraph um, psalm that explains a very, very good um, verse. So it starts off the praise to the Lord from Psalms 34, 1 through 8. And that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall be her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Lord, magnify the Lord with me and let us ex exalt his name together. I salt the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked up unto him and they were lightened and their faces were not ashamed this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them and fear him and delivered delivereth them oh taste and see that the Lord is good and blesses the man that trusteth in him Now, this was a psalm of David. Um, and at this point, it's explaining to you that the Lord will deliver you because the Lord is a good God. The Lord has always been good. And as much as you praise him, he will deliver you. He'll always be there for you. He'll always grant you by his side if you continue to praise him he'll always be there he'll always be by your side he'll be your best friend he'll never stop however you also have to fear the lord because in even in that verse it says I can find it real quick. He delivered me from all my fears. Now, then it says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. So the angel of the Lord basically encamps around those who fear him. 
So people are asking, like, what does that even mean? If the Lord, the angel, encamps those who fear him, what does that mean? Well, it means that the angel will be there. If you fear the Lord, he will be there to guide you. The angel will cover you. Um, guard you, you know? You don't have to worry about God's wrath because his angels will cover you from his wrath. Um, the best way I can explain it is if you think about it in the book of Exodus, when all the kids were being slaughtered, the mother ended up getting away to put Moses in the Nile River. Moses survived. Um, same thing happened with Jesus, except it wasn't the Nile River. He ended up escaping um, Bethlehem, and uh, I believe they escaped into Egypt. Um, you know, uh, Noah's Ark. You know, Noah ended up doing that. If you feared the Lord, he will guard you with his angels. Even if his wrath is strong and heavy and will encampeth all around you, his angels will cover you. So you don't have to fear his wrath, but it is scary that his wrath will happen around you. You don't have to worry about it. But you still have to fear the Lord. Because fear the Lord, uh, oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, yearken unto me. I will teach you to fear. Uh, I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Um, guile is just another term for telling lies. Depart from evil. And do good, seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, and cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. So, what they're saying in this part is that... If you are a saint, or if you are a person that follows God and everything, you don't exactly need to fear him. You need to fear, like, the fear of God is one thing, to know what he's capable of. But to actually experience and know that you are a good person, 
and to love God and to know what he has done for you. You don't need to worry so much because he is looking at the evil in the world. He's not looking at the good. The good people that are, I mean, he's seeing all the good in the world. And that's the reason why he's focusing on the evil. He wants to deliver all the good people in the world from the evil. You know, kind of like how Moses parted the seas. He wants the good side and the evil side to be separated. You know, and that's where, like, he comes in on um, Psalm 34, 16. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. He doesn't want us to remember the evil on the earth. But the Bible is full of things that have evil in it. The reason why he has the Bible full of stuff that's evil is so we know wrong from right. Lastly, the uh, Psalms 34, 17 to 22. The righteous cry out. And this one's called the cries of the righteous heard. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh, and unto them are the broken heart. And saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Where am I? Yeah, 18. So, a contrite spirit um, basically means that, um, uh, like a crushed spirit, like a spirit that's been broken down. So, going back into it, the Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart and save as such as a contrite or crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord del delivereth him out of all. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they shall hate the righteous, shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. So what they're saying is, eventually evil will rise and slay their own people. Um, this has been, happened in history. Um, I'm not saying specific nations were evil, but um, when you look at like, like the dictators in World War Two, you know, you had uh, like Hitler and Stalin. Stalin had a much higher kill count than Hitler, but Hitler was one of the most evil people you could probably ever imagine. And then he decided to go after Russia. And Stalin, well, he wasn't afraid to fight. 
well, yeah, so one, he wasn't afraid to fight um, Hitler, and two, he would leave and burn his own places to the ground so the Germans would starve and die. Evil would eventually slay their own people. Um, that also happened in Genesis 6 when they talked about the um, the giants and the Nephilim and they would eventually like cannibalize their own people. Um, there is, uh, you know, they talked about how the wickedness of men, you know, they were so evil that that's where it, um, God created the flood. So, at that point, the Lord said he will rescue his servants. If nobody will take refuge in him, they will be condemned. So, God is basically saying, you know, you can come to him. You can be with him and he will take you up. He will reach out to you. He will be there for you. You take refuge in him and you will be delivered. But if you don't, no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. So, if you're the righteous, which is the servants of the Lord, you'll be okay. At this point, it goes back into the point where we go into the gospel. Jesus has never really went out and killed anybody. He never harmed anybody. He never did anything to hurt anyone. Now, yes, there were points in the Bible where there was wars and everything. That's true. And God, yeah, he has killed people before in the Old Testament. He created the judges. He created, you know, there's wars that have happened. He crumbled the walls of Jericho. The things that have happened in the Old Testament were done away when Jesus came. Jesus came to stop all the wars, all the killings, all the unneeded sacrifice. And it wasn't until the Holy Wars, the Crusades, and all those things, until those ended, after the Dark Ages and so forth, uh, so forth, that, again, after the Salem Witch Trials and all that stuff happened, that everything kind of just stopped and everything became more about love and everything like that. But love is great. Jesus was all about love. Jesus was all about acceptance. Jesus was all about taking everybody in. But he has never done away with the Old Testament commandments. He has never done away with the laws of Moses. As it said in Deuteronomy, God will 
bring up a prophet like myself, you know? And then Jesus came, and Jesus said that I am that person. I am the Messiah. I am the one who will deliver you. And he did, but he didn't do it the way that all the Jewish people thought. The Jewish people thought God, or Jesus, was going to come out, and he was going to rain down hellfire um, all over their enemies, destroying and killing everybody that has ever persecuted and destroyed the Jewish people. And in a sense, that is what Revelation is about. But that's not what Jesus was about first. He was to come to deliver us so we don't have to sin anymore. And even if we do, we can be forgiven. That doesn't mean we keep sinning. That means we can continue with our lives. We get forgiven. We get delivered. And just like in Psalms 34, we pray. Praise the Lord. We fear the Lord. And God will deliver us. Because he will always listen to the cries of the righteous. Psalms 34 addresses three different parts of God's will that Jesus came to testify and die for. Praising, fearing. So whatever we fear, just like it says in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, which is another psalm of David. David went to Saul, and he went and he explained to Saul. He said, I got marks from bears and lions, because when they came to try to kill my sheep, I chased them off. But he would say, the Lord is my shepherd, because if anybody ever came to me, the Lord would deliver me. You know? So the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. He make, maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of the righteous for his name's sake. <laughs> yeah. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. And his rod and his staff, they comfort me. There's more to it, but the whole point of it is that the valley of the shadow of death is what we live in right now. It's what we can die for, what we the cardinal sin, the, the sin that basically kept us here, the original sin, the disobedience of Adam and Eve, which created us to not be immortal, left us with the valley of the shadow of death. 
However, he is our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd, and he has died. So we can be lifted. We can be delivered. And just like Psalm 34, there will always be cries of the righteous. So be righteous in God. And he will always be there for you. So I told you this would be a quick one. We're only 20 minutes in. Um, at this point, if you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can go into episodes. You can take the sinner's prayer, recite it, and then um, you'll be accepted into um, the Book of Life. If um, you have a church you can go to that's local um i would recommend you know talking to the pastor and stuff and seeing if you can get a baptism because that's the next step um if anybody was local i would baptize you myself um at this point um if there's any questions or concerns you guys need you can email me at ministermartyr at gmail.com. It'll be in the, um, the little description. And if there's anything else, I hope you guys have a great day. God bless.